When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Swish and Flick, an all-Potter podcast. Swish and Flick, everyone. Swish and Flick. Hello and welcome to episode 253 of Swish and Flick. I'm Tiffany. I'm Megan. I'm Katie. And I'm Sarah. She's back. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for today and this episode is sponsored by ashley shatters thank you thank ashley you. how you crazy ashley. if she was here i know we miss She's you not. ashley sorry ashley okay <laughs> so if you can't tell by the audio we have a special live episode for you from wizardly world of kent 2022 people in our audience which is some dedicated few listeners because it is raining can you give me a round of applause so we can hear you say hi Lovely, lovely. So today we are going to have a special sort of episode for you. We're going to be discussing some of our favorite female characters from the Harry Potter series. Um, So get ready. We're going to chat about some of our famous moments and favorite moments from some of the strongest women in Harry Potter. And I'm first. (laughs) I'd like to talk about myself. (laughs) Oh, my God. I'm amazing. No. Um... So we all had to choose like one of our favorite female characters from the series, and being the Gryffindor that I am, I had to go with McGee. So Professor McGonagall, and I've got to pick a couple of moments. So I'm going to skip that first one. This moment, um, <laughs> yeah, really, skim these notes down, Tiff. Uh, you got 15 minutes. We each get 15 minutes. Oh gosh! <laughs> I thought you meant in total, and I was like, you know, that would never work for us. Start the no. timer. Your small talk does not take away from my talk time. <laughs> okay, so a moment that really stands out for me from McGonagall is when she went into protection mode for Professor Trelawney in five when Umbridge, our favorite lady, tried to have her thrown out. Right, so. We, Umbridge went through her whole let me evaluate your class things and, you know, I hate most of the teachers. And then she decided she was going to get rid of Trelawney. And it was really unexpected from McGonagall because we know that she doesn't really hold the subject of divination in really, like, high regard. Um, and I don't think she really cared much about Trelawney. However... It seems that Hogwarts professors stick together, and they are a family, and Umbridge was definitely an outsider and came in and tried to break apart that family. And so she says in Prisoner of Azkaban, ah, of course, said Professor McGonagall, suddenly frowning, there is no need to say anymore, Miss Granger, tell me which of you will be dying this year. And so like that, that gives us, she, she doesn't really hold a lot of stake for the subject of divination. Um, but when we get to five, she really truly stands up for Trelawney. And she's like, there, there, Sybil, calm down, blow your nose on this. It's not as bad as you think you're not going to have to leave Hogwarts. Umbridge is like, oh, really? And Dumbledore, like, strides through the door is like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> you're not. 
You can't do that here. You don't have the authority. Kool-Aid man, Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I really, I really like that moment. I really like that moment because, you know, no matter what, that Hogwarts professors were going to stick together and stay a family. I appreciated that moment. I do think that Dumbledore, like, giving Umbridge that moment of, like, you're wrong, though, is, like, it made things move a little faster with her, like, becoming headmaster. Because she was like, oh, that's not going to happen again. You're not going to tell me what I can and can't do anymore. I'm going to fix this. Oh, you mean, like, High Inquisitor? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> no, she's, like, headmaster for a second, isn't she? Like, Head acting headmaster? Headmistress. Headmistress. But, yeah, yeah. but, yeah, I don't think this is, um, well, she's always High Inquisitor. I don't know. But yeah, I, I definitely understand She's that. rude. Here's another moment. This one will be a quick one. So, standing up for Neville, okay? We're, I don't know if we've, we covered this at the beginning of Half-Blood, when the six years are starting to choose their classes, and Neville's like, hey, I'd like to continue on with Transfiguration, and McGonagall's like, yeah, I understand that, but you didn't really get the scores that were needed, and he kind of like slumps and goes into like sad mode, and she's like, why do you want to continue on with this subject anyway? I didn't think that you really cared about it. And then he mentions Gran. Yeah. Uh, who I have a lot of feelings about. And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, just because she, he's like, charms were a soft option instead of transfiguration. And she's like, it's high time your grandmother learned to be proud of the grandson she's got rather than the one she thinks she ought to have, particularly after what happened at the ministry. True. And so hearing those words from her definitely had a great impact on him because we see who he becomes in Deathly Hallows and how brave, and he, he kind of becomes who he's truly meant to be. And I think that's part of his transfiguration. Oh! oh You're welcome. God. Okay. <laughs> and I just wonder, like, is that who the hat really saw when the hat sorted him into Gryffindor, which I think is definitely a yes, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. I think so. Agreed. Agreed. All right. Flying through these. Protecting Hagrid. I can't leave him out of this. And this is where things get wild at Hogwarts. So they're doing their astronomy um, evaluation at, at the top of the tower. And Ubridge thinks that she's, you know, going to be real slick and do this at, I think it's like after midnight where they're taking this exam, which is a whole thing in itself. Um, and... She brings some ministry dudes to come and remove Hagrid from the premises. And McGonagall sees this. She comes rushing out. Um, She's like, how dare you? How dare you? And Hermione's like, oh, my gosh, it's McGonagall. And she's like, leave him alone, I say. And she's like, on what grounds are you attacking him? Because remember, they, like, straight up went after him. And no fewer. They're trying to stun him, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then there's stunned her. No fewer than four stunners had shot from the figures around the cabin toward Professor McGonagall halfway between the cabin and the house. And red beams collided um, with her. And for a moment, she looked luminous and illuminated by an eerie red glow and then was lifted off her feet and landed hard on her back and moved no more. Like, she was ready to take on Umbridge, which I think she would have been no problem, but also other ministry officials to, to keep Hagrid there. And so she, it's, she's just a, a brave soul that goes into protection mode. And we know that earlier in the books, too, we kind of see her like she doesn't really trust Hagrid super much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But here she but is again, defending like her. But again, it's like their family. Or him. Well, and I think it also shows how she 
uh, that whole situation is very unjust mm-hmm. because first of all, they're doing it in the middle of the night when they think really no one's going to be watching right. and being very sneaky about it. And he's also innocent. So like, she's like, this is wrong. She right? just wanted to get rid of him because he was half giant. Yeah. Terrible. Terrible human. All right. There's a lot of other moments, but I've got to jump to Deathly Hallows, my favorite. Um, defending Harry. So if you remember, they go to, being, they being Luna and Harry, go to Ravenclaw Tower. And they try to look for what this object could be. They want to see what the, the diadem looks like. And Alecto... Caro is inside Ravenclaw Tower, stationed there by Voldemort because he thinks that Harry is going to enter Ravenclaw Tower because of the Horcrux. And so they take off the, the invisibility cloak and they're looking at the diadem and Electo's like, gotcha, presses the dark mark, right? And so all the Death Eaters are alerted that they've got Harry because that's what they were supposed to do when they've got Harry. And Luna stuns Electo. And then Amicus comes and is outside of the entrance when McGonagall approaches because uh, Amicus can't get inside because to get into Ravenclaw Tower, you have to answer a riddle or a question. And so McGonagall comes up, answers the question, they go inside, and they see that Electo is stunned. And Amicus tries to say, oh, because all the Ravenclaw students come out because when you stun someone, it makes a really loud noise. And he's like, we're going to pin this on the kids. And McGonagall's like, no, we're not. We're not going to do that. You suck. And so... (laughs) Is that a direct quote? It is. It is. (laughs) Yes. And so Amicus says, he told us Potter might try to get into Ravenclaw Tower to send for him if we caught him. Why would Harry Potter try to get inside Ravenclaw Tower? Potter belongs in my house. And Harry has, like, a bubble of pride for her after that. And it goes on. It goes on, and it gets terrible. (laughs) And he tries to pin it on the Ravenclaw students, and McGonagall says the only difference between truth and lies is courage and cowardice. And a difference in short, which you and your sister seem unable to appreciate. But let me make one thing very clear. You are not going to pass off your many ineptitudes on the students of Hogwarts. I shall not permit it. Amicus moves forward and spits in her face. And that's when Mr. Harry Potter uses an unforgivable crucio. Unforgivable. (laughs) In every way. (laughs) So I just love her love for Harry in that moment. And when they, another, at the end of Seven, and I'll I'll end with this, is that when Voldemort has Hagrid bring Harry back from the forest, when Harry's died but didn't die, sorry, everyone, that's a spoiler. Spoiler alert. (laughs) I love it. Voldemort's like, hey, come out and see, Harry Potter's dead, you know, he died trying to run, a lie. And you know, the people start coming out of the castle, and the first person that screams no... Is not Ginny. It's McGonagall. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, though, it's McGonagall. And the scream was more terrible because he had never expected or dreamed that Professor McGonagall could say, make such a sound. And I will end my section with, have a biscuit, Potter. <laughs> <laughs> That's her shining moment, for sure. <laughs> yes. All right. I tried to go fast. Was that 15 minutes or less? I think it was less. 
I was almost 15. You had like three minutes to spare. You just <laughs> want to joke around for three minutes? My la 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 la. <laughs> oh my god. You go ahead, man. Okay, I chose to discuss Hermione um, because yes, she's a Gryffindor, but I do think that she tends to have some Slytherin tendencies. True. Um, so my these are just like my favorite things or like her best moments in my opinion, breaking it down by logic, intuition, and bravery. So. For logic, I chose the very first example I think that we see of this is at the end of Sorcerer's Stone um, when they are going through everything to get to the Sorcerer's Stone and Voldemort. Harry never would have been able to get through that potions room without her yeah. and her logic of figuring out that riddle. Nope. Um, <laughs> and I just think that that right there is like, that's like the first big example of like, this is how Hermione is going to help push the story forward. She's really gonna be the one who's there to make sure that Harry gets through everything he needs to get through. Well, I, I think that scene also shows that Harry uh, can't do it alone. Yes. Because he needs like everybody, I you thought know? you were gonna say has no logic. <laughs> He's not smart. <laughs> Possibly that too. <laughs> Oh. No, yeah, for sure. Because he couldn't whole, catch a letter. That's true. Oh, my God. Wouldn't pick one up from the floor. Like, I just cannot with that scene. I'm like, you're jumping. Anyway, we all know. Like, look at the floor. Um. There's a quality pooch. Oh, hi. He's got a little tie. Oh, my gosh. I love your dog. Oh, my gosh. Gryffindor? Yes. What's what's her name? Nika? Oh, she's oh, like, you what? heard me. Yeah, <laughs> you're a good girl. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You may continue. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Um, her next, I think this is kind of an interesting one, because I chose storming out of divination, not necessarily because I think that, like, how she handled that situation was good, <laughs> but it does show that she realized her strengths and her weaknesses, and storming out, like I said, maybe wasn't the best thing, but she realized that she's a girl of logic, and that, that, um... Uh, class. What am I looking for? Yeah. There's a word I'm looking for. It's not the word class, but whatever. We're going to go with it. Okay. Is not Subject. for her. Subject. Subject. There you go. Uh, That's it. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. Literally, guys, I, I've said this all day. There's something wrong with my brain today. I think. <laughs> I don't live know. events will do for it's you. I don't rain. know what it is. It's the rain. Yeah. It's, the, it's rain. the rain. Did your hip hurt, Sarah? Um, sure. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, when it's rainy, it always does. <laughs> my hip does? Yes. My oh. left hip. I'm learning something new about myself today. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I thought that that was kind of her realization that, that her thing is logic and divination just doesn't make sense for her. And I think that it was hard for her. That was a really hard thing for her to admit to herself because she was always good at everything that she tried. Um, so to come to that realization and be able to accept it was a big thing for Hermione. Mm -hmm. um, also, just a huge general thing with logic, her bag in seven, like the preparedness... <laughs> To just have I'm confused. It's like her bag. Her little her little bag. Her <laughs> the, the, little the, the, the bag. bag. It took the me a minute to get there. <laughs> um, just being that prepared and that ready, because again, that was something that Harry did not think about. Like, oh, we might have to like peace out real quick and have no yeah. plan like no like 
And he it was even like, oh, well, I left this. And she's the like, no, you didn't. Like, no, I, packed it. <laughs> like, I will. I, I, it I have to, to say something, though. She packed Ron's two small jeans, though. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Unacceptable. What does he still have those for? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Can't you just, like, enlarge them? They're wizards. They got right? magic. They're wizards. You know? Zippity do not day. Here's some bigger pants. <laughs> I would I would I agree, it. Sarah. Why couldn't they make those jeans bigger? Plot hole. Oh, Plot hole. I don't like that. Um, Can't okay. you transfigure some pants, Hermione? You're pretty smart. True. <laughs> Very true. Should have wrote it. Um, <laughs> you should have. <laughs> so with her, then I wanted to go on to her intuition because there's a lot of really big moments um, in the books where that is in the forefront for like decisions that she makes. So like the first one I thought of was the handling of the Xenophilius Lovegood situation in Deathly Hollows. Um, she was just very aware of her surroundings, noticed in a rumpant horn, yeah. got them out of there when he betrayed the trio and some of the Death Eaters. And not only did she get them out of there, she also made sure that the Death Eaters saw Harry yes. to save Xenophilius because she knew that he was just trying to get his daughter back. Like, right. he didn't really do what he did out of malice. Mm -hmm. It was purely for family, and she understood that. She thinks so fast. She's, she's like, a quick so, thinker in Seven. Mm -hmm. Yes. There's another she's, moment when, um, I don't know if you have this, though. Do you have any more? I don't have anything else from Seven, so please tell me what. <laughs> well, in Seven. <laughs> no, when um, Harry is, they're in the tent, and he says Voldemort's name, which we know has a taboo on it, and she um, oh, the stinging she does jinx. a stinging jinx on Harry, so he's un, almost almost unrecognizable mm -hmm. to those those people. And his glasses are off and his and scar is stretched. Draco, wink, wink. And then he lies <laughs> to Bellatrix. <laughs> Just I don't know if I could lie to Bellatrix. <laughs> Where is our little Bellatrix? Yeah, she's around she's here. around here. He uh, probably, are you talking about Draco lying to her? Yeah. Yes. He probably lied to her a lot. True. He's probably used to it. Mm. Also with the Xenophilius No, I didn't thing. steal the milk, you know? <laughs> I didn't eat the last biscuit, you know? <laughs> Biscuits. <laughs> Um, also with the Xenophilius thing, she also like maintained Ron's cover in that situation too, which was really difficult. So like she did a lot in a very short little moment. She's a smart <laughs> of girl. Quick thinking. Yep. Um, catching Rita Skeeter is also oh, was also based on intuition, <laughs> though it was reckless. Um, so she didn't think about the wider consequences of the act. She just acted. Uh, so I would say that this also falls under the category, in my opinion, of being a true Gryffindor because she didn't really think about her actions before mm. she did them. Yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're reckless. <laughs> what? I said we're reckless. It was hard. A little bit. Sorry. <laughs> I thought you said I don't it know where the sound so weird. Um, and then to go with this, also forcing Rita to print the whole truth about Voldemort was yeah. the truth, was enough huge. about the truth. Katie, I was about to say that. I'm saying it in my head. Hmm. <laughs> um, taking Umbridge out to the forest to try to scare her. I never thought that her intention was to have whatever happened to Umbridge actually happen. But her intuition to lie to Umbridge, come up with this whole idea to just get her to go into the forest to buy them time and to get Umbridge away from the other order members um, was just, I mean, she was just stalling. She was just trying to, she mm -hmm. was winging it and she did a great job. And unfortunately, something really awful happened to Umbridge, but that was never her intention. Um, but I think that that was really quick thinking on her part. Yep. And then bravery truly being a Gryffindor. Um, slapping Malfoy or punching Malfoy <laughs> like pretty awesome moment in Hermione's uh, little repertoire of moments for sure um, 
Also, and this is really sad, but like withstanding Bellatrix torture in Seven yeah. is also a huge Gryffindor moment. Um, because we, I mean, we see how, like I was saying, how quick thinking she is, but like in that moment, we see her psychological and physical stamina. Because to withstand that and come out of it, I, I don't want to say unscathed, but like she, it could have been a lot worse than yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, so that was a huge moment for her. And, like, that moment, I pulled a little um, snippet from it. And Bellatrix says, I'm going to ask you again, where did you get this sword? Where? And Hermione says, we found it, we found it. Please, Hermione screamed again. Bellatrix, you are a lying, filthy mudblood. What Ooh. else did you take? What else? Answer me. Crucio. Hermione's scream echoed off the walls upstairs. So that was sad, and that's where I'm ending. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but Hermione's awesome. I just... I love her. That was sad, but hey, she's awesome. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Tiffany here from Swish, and I want to talk about being a problem solver. In my classroom, I'm always telling my equal firsties to be problem solvers. In first grade, that's one thing, but in adult life, it's a whole other it can be really difficult to train your brain to go into a problem-solving mode. Maybe you don't even know where to start. It's a challenge that we all face in life. But when you learn to better help your brain find solutions, it's truly a great feeling. And if you've ever been thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. BetterHelp is convenient, it's accessible, it's affordable, and it's all online. And on top of that, they match you with a therapist just by filling out a brief survey. So when you want to be a better problem solver, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com Swish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Swish. Let's lift this back up. Yeah. All right. <laughs> uh, so I chose Tonks. Uh, coincidentally, Hufflepuff. That was not on purpose. I was just like, I want to pick Tonks. Why not? Um, we actually like didn't even. I mean, obviously Hermione's not, but I was like, she's got Slytherin tendencies. We like, yeah, we all picked someone chose, from our house, which is really yeah, interesting. Yeah. It's funny. Um, so we really do see so little of Tonks in the books, which is kind of sad. Yet she's super fascinating. She's brave and witty. She's super clumsy. I think I take after her a lot. Yep. Um, she's super talented enough to become an Auror at such a young age, and yet she's, like, young and vibrant. So she's, like, got this really serious job, but she's still totally herself. She's never afraid to be herself, which is pretty amazing considering her metamorphosis powers. I'm going to say that wrong, but I'm going to try. Um, and I'll get into more of that a little bit later. Um, just some, like, cool stuff she did. She professed her love in front of an entire room full of people during, like, a really intense situation, like, Dumbledore had just died. Um, and even though she'd been turned down time and time again, she didn't give up. I will admit when my boy did wrong, that was one moment. We're gonna get to another one later. Um, she shows Famous. us that life is too short to just sit and wait for what you want. You have to be proactive in chasing your dreams. And we see that with her aura career, and then we do see that with Remus as well. Um, she's also an ex amazing example of forgiveness. Uh, yeah, Remus kind of like walked out on his unborn child and pregnant wife. Not, not a good thing to do, and yet she still found it somewhere in her heart to like welcome him back. 
I don't know if any everyone could he do that. He had a moment. He I think she knows her husband moment. well, you know? Yeah. I, I would probably like, that. you're an idiot. <laughs> Go to Come on. Right. Um, and Tonks is kind of like what Harry's future as an Auror might look like if we had any sort of like real glimpse into that. And she has to have been like so driven to go after that and achieve it so young. This is my personal headcanon, but I think it she was like, I like to think she was the first in a long time to be considered a, for a mentorship for Aurorship. Aurorship? Sure. Did I just make that up? I don't know. Go I ahead. I like it. Um, we'll take it. And I also maybe think like maybe Moody was so impressed. He was like, I want, I want her to be under my wing. Like, I want to take her. Um, let's see. R.I.P. Oh, why? It's the Harry Potter effect. They're just like, oh, you want to be an or? Here you go. Sure. I thought we were trying to lift this up. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to be nice. Right? (laughs) Um, My favorite thing about Tonks, she's never afraid to be herself. Mm -hmm. Um, She's not interested in being anything other than herself, which is kind of really interesting because she can change her appearance at will. She could be whatever, whoever she wants. And yet we only see her using her powers as a way to like extend her personality and never hide her true self. Mm-hmm. She never like uses her powers for any superficial reasons. And that's some serious only self-confidence. Only to joke around, you know? Right. To, like that's the only time you really see it. Which is part of her personality. Yeah, which Fun is Fun and clumsy and yeah. whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's some hell of self-confidence that I could take a leaf out of for sure. Um, another headcanon, this is my final point. Um, I like to think of Tonks as androgynous or non-binary or gender fluid. We talk about this a lot on one of our bonus episodes. Um, just like some examples, she doesn't like to be referred to by her like feminine, putting that in quotes, birth name, which is Nymphadora. Um, and if you look at the definition for metamorphmagus, I did it. Um, unlike animagi, metamorphmagi can take a wide variety of forms, changing sex and age, potentially looking like anyone at all, or even just changing a part of their appearance, such as the color of their hair or the shape of their noses. Also, a metamorphmagus is born, not made. It is not a skill that can be learned. Just think it's a really good parallel for any sort of like LGBT thing, you know? I think we could all use totally. to be a little bit more like Tonks. Yeah. yeah. All right, it's my turn. I haven't it's done this your in a while. Turn. You got I this. So I picked Feyre. Oh, <laughs> you are out <laughs> of your podcast. mind. <laughs> so I picked Luna um, because I really like how unique she is. And really, she's the kind of person that like doesn't really care or think about like what other people think of her. She just is her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's just un- unapologetically herself. That's a big word. And she also never seems to judge other, like, she's not the type of person to judge other people either. So she's like, come as you are. She really doesn't care. Um, and she, what I also love about her is she has such a different perspective, and she brings a different perspective mm-hmm. that, like, others probably don't think about. Um, so some instances. I saw when Harry and friends are going back to school in Order of the Phoenix, Harry thinks um, that the school has changed, like the way that they carry, like the carriages go up, because he now sees thestrals. And so I always love the scene because it just makes me chuckle. Because she's like, "No, like I see him too," and she like doesn't even think anything of it because she's been seeing them since she start, first started Hogwarts. Right. Um, and she tells him, "Don't worry, you're just as sane as I am." And he's like, "I don't think that's very comforting, but okay." It's <laughs> like, "Oh, really?" And she's really great at supporting her friends. She has no problem telling Harry, like, right in front of a bunch of people that she's like, I believe you about Voldemort coming back, and I believe that you fought him. 
Like, I'm on your side, um, but does not care if anyone... Because the majority of people didn't believe that and didn't support him, and were not kind to Harry. Um, and so she was really always in his quarter to, corner. She's readily um, signs up to learn Defense Against the Dark Arts from Harry. And she even supports Gryffindor in Quidditch, which I think... <laughs> In my head canon, because I know at least Cleveland sports are very, like, um, great. You know, everyone has like their team. Like even like the like Ed's Ignatius, like in Cleveland, is very much like you're either an Ed's team or an Ignatius team, and that's how it is. Like to, in my head, with like all Gryffindors cheer for Gryffindor, all Ravenclaws cheer for Ravenclaw, and then you see her and she doesn't care. She's got that giant thing on her head, and she's like, <laughs> it even roars. And um, we the Ravenclaw aren't even playing. The Ravenclaw. The, the Ravenclaw. Ravenclaw University. <laughs> <laughs> so Harry's great at thinking that he has to do all of these things alone. Um, that is very much like how he is throughout all of the books. And in, um, what is it, Order of the Phoenix? Half-Blood Prince? Order of the Phoenix, right? Hmm. But which which moment while? are you referring to? When, when Sirius dies. You can oh, tell Order that I haven't done this in a minute. I also don't know any of the names. Um, so when they're going to... The ministry, first of all, he's like, y'all are not coming with me. And then he's like, okay, Ron's going to come with me. And then everyone else is like, no, we're all coming. Um, even Hermione, like, stomps her feet. She's like, you aren't leaving me here. Because, like, Harry's like, well, we'll just go. And then you guys can, like, maybe follow us. And she's like, we're all going. Um, and they're like, well, we have no way to get there. And she's the one that's like, well, we could fly. And then Ron's like, well, there's only broomsticks. She's like, there's other ways to fly. So, like, that's just, a, you know, a, an example of her having, like, another example of um, really thinking outside the box. And I don't know, is it, is it a movieism where she's in the forest with him talking with the Thestrals, and she's like, if it was me, I love that scene, where she's like, if I was Voldemort, like, I would make sure that you feel so alone that um, you are going to, you know, act accordingly, where you have no one in your corner and you think you're so alone in all of those things. Because mm-hmm. um, really no one else thinks, has thought that and said that thought out loud. Yeah, um, she's seen being caring and comforting to Harry after the loss of his godfather, um, and kind of relating to him about having her mom um, also his past, and they kind of bonded over that. And he leaves the conversation like having a, his heart a little less heavy than it was before. She's like the only person that he can kind of, I don't know, essentially like stomach to be around at that yeah. time. Um, and I also yeah. like she comforts Hermione after Lavender uh, makes fun of her in Half Blood Prince, and I like that you've seen Hermione not be kind to her. Like Hermione does not right. like her. They're very polar opposites. Of like, she's very whimsical and Hermione's very logical. So like com- they have essentially completely different like belief systems in the way that they think about things. And Hermione's like, well, if I can't see it, I don't believe it. Where she believes in all kinds of things that probably don't exist <laughs> but that's, her, that's Luna and it's wonderful and so Luna doesn't care that she hasn't been the nicest human to her and she's just she comforts her because that's how Luna is mm-hmm. um wow. it says I think in the movies that we almost forget like how Harry's other friends besides Ron and Hermione are so important to the story mm-hmm. um because Luna and all the other ones like also they never she never backs down when it comes to um almost like what do you need me to do like I'm here like I'm going to support you I will fight she fought in the entire battle she was with him in the Ravenclaw um, common room mm-hmm. and so she has no problem fighting because she's like you know this is right and I say because we see the books from Harry's perspective we don't really get to see what happens in Deathly Hallows with the students that like go back to Hogwarts 
Um, but we can speculate about like the exact events. We do know that both her and her father were very vocal for their support um, for Harry and like the cause of like the light side. And so she was taken by Death Eaters, and while she was in Malfoy Manor, her and um, Ollivander were like a big comfort to each other. And you can kind of yeah. see like they shared like a little bit of a camaraderie after um, being in there for so long. And then when they leave Malfoy Manor and Dobby has been killed, she's the first one to like say something over his grave. And she says to him, thank you so much, Dobby, for rescuing me from the, that cellar. It's so unfair that you had to die when you were so good and brave. I'll always remember what you did for us. I hope you're happy now. I just love her like way that she just gives whatever, whatever's on her mind, just mm-hmm. simply and honestly and raw without any apology for it. I love yeah. that um, a lot of people, really, you see Harry and Luna are the ones that, like, they don't think of Dobby as, like, just a house elf. They just think of him, like, almost as, like, a friend. Yeah. So other people would be like, well, it's just a house elf. A house elf. Like, why do you care? Like, why are you burying him? And Harry even says, like, I want to make sure, like, he does it the muggle way, essentially. Yeah. Because um, he deserves it. Yeah. And yeah. Um, that's how Luna is. She, she, thinks that, like, he did a wonderful thing for them, and she's never looked down on them or, like, any other creatures because she goes on to, like, do magizoologist, right? There you go. Um, Which is what her great-grandfather... No, godfather. Great... Is it her great or just her father-in-law? Right? Father-in-law. Newt Scamander. Grandfather-in-law. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which is Newt Scamander, if you didn't know. Um, so she's like I just love how she so shows her love and respect for beings even when like others would deem them lower than themselves um, because a lot of people would not have given Dobby the time of day and would not have cared that he died yeah. um, and you know she fights to the end of the Battle of Hogwarts and it's really just she's really just a great friend to Harry and the others and I love that she really doesn't ever change herself to make herself more di- digestible for the other for like ever people because like a lot of people don't like her they call her loony they don't care for her, which is unkind. I think she's the one that tells, um, she suggests to Harry after the battle when they're all in the Great Hall because everybody's trying to like, hug on him and thank him for everything, and she suggests that he, he goes, and that's when he gets Ron and Hermione and they leave under the cloak because she's like, oh, look, a little, I don't know, whatever she says. And everybody's like, what? And then they can essentially escape. And go talk to um, Dumbledore's portrait. Yeah. So I said that she really doesn't shrink herself so others are more comfortable around her. Um, she's someone that really I strive to be because, like, she truly is unapologetically herself. And not that she doesn't care, but she really doesn't. She's just going to be her. <laughs> right. yeah. I said she's a good egg. She's a good egg. <laughs> Very true. Yeah, I really like her. Okay. That's all I got. All right. I think we are going to go to our social media. Yeah. Okay. So if you guys enjoyed listening to us chat, make sure that you follow us on your preferred podcast listening platform and tell your friends about us because if you liked it, then maybe they will as well. Subscribe to our channel on YouTube at Swish and Flick Podcast and you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Swish Flick Cast. If you'd like to support us on Patreon, you can head on over to patreon.com forward slash Swish Flick Cast. Supporting our podcast keeps us going, and it gives you access to our exclusive Felix Files episodes, which is what Katie was talking about with our episode on Tonks. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, our Discord channel, live recordings, trivia games four times a year, Swish swag boxes, and more. Thank you all so much for your support to all of our current patrons. 
And then also, we are always accepting Potter stories. Normally, at the end of an episode, we share a Potter story. Um, we're under a time constraint with this one, which is why we didn't include one. But we are always accepting them. So if you have a Potter story that you'd like to send with us, send to us, or just any fun things, questions, or concerns, you can do so to our email, which is swishflickcast at gmail.com. And then if you want to follow your hosts on social media, myself and Katie are on Instagram at the Petrus Family. Tiffany is on Instagram at tiffswish underscore flick. And Sarah is on Instagram at omalley with three H's. <laughs> All right, Kent, we did it. We did it in the rain. We did it. We did it. <laughs> Shout out to Woodsies for uh, yes. Yes. the yeah, music setup, sound setup. Shout out to everyone who's here. Yeah. And Main Street Kent for putting this yes, together. Yes. Thank Main Street Kent for everything. After being away for so long, too, it feels good feels to good. have this be a little bit more back. back totally back to normal, honestly. Yeah. Guys, good. there's this Death Eater staring me down. No. <laughs> I'm a little yeah. scared. Oh, oh don't no. you do it. No. Oh. Oh. <laughs> I love it. You've been standing there. It's been great. <laughs> I love it. Very, oh, Perfect. very good. Take a bow. Take a bow. Uh, so, once again, we want to thank um, Main Street Kent and everybody for having us out here again. Mm -hmm. I absolutely love these live events. I love getting to meet all of you and, and meeting some hopefully, new listeners of our podcast. Um, we are Swish and Flick, so if you don't already follow us on any of the podcast listening platforms, go ahead and take your phone out and do that right now. Um, but we are a book club style, so we, we do our research, we know our stuff, and we are serious in that sense, but we are also four friends who love to get silly, and those of you who are already listeners who have traveled to come and see us, know that and we are just one big family community of Potterhead nerds and we love it. So once again, thank you everyone and that concludes this week's episode from Wizardly World of Kent 2022. Thank you so much for listening and don't let the muggles get you down. <gasps> Amazing! Look at my voice! <laughs> Way to go! It didn't lightning! Truly, truly, though, thank you, everyone, who, who came out here in the rain. Um, Seriously. Really, really genuinely appreciate every single one of you. I thought and, you said everyone. I thought you said everyone but one of you. <laughs> and it was like, wait, is who am I gonna pick? Don't think. Who? Who's the, the exception? <laughs> but one is Sarah, maybe. I don't Probably. know. Probably. <laughs> can't stand me anymore. And this and the plan is still to do the adult costume contest at four. So yes. um Hopefully it stays like this because I could deal with this. That's not bad. Hopefully, Hopefully it gets better. Stops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Let's hope it's it, my gonna hope. rain. I hope it stays this light is what I meant. We know yeah. it. All right. So feel free. Walk around. If you want to meet us, we're going to be back there. Um, Our tent kind of got destroyed because Danny the wind. DeVito's hey, down. It's yeah, okay. Danny DeVito is out. He's, He's now sleeping. Yeah, he needs to go to bed. Uh, but if anybody wants to come get a picture, we're going to be over there. We have a little, like, Polaroid type collage going on we did have to take it down but we're gonna post a picture of it at the end of the day y'all i haven't talked about harry potter in a minute <coughs> honestly this is more people than i anticipated for the rain so kudos to all super of you for dedication <laughs> i will preface with Let that me just double check that that thing's recording because knowing me it's not okay well then i can talk um i had a lot of notes and i'm probably gonna have to You're cut first. them in half <laughs> Tiffany thought this was going to be the Tiffany hour. 
I've been I, gone a while. <laughs> I pulled up the notes and I was like, oh my gosh, it's got like five pages of notes. I have a We've lot of feelings. Tiffany, I like that you say you've been gone a while. I have been. Right. You, not longer than you. I've got to put my hair out. I'm hot. If you are still walking the streets of Kent, come over. We are doing a live podcast. You're brave for staying in the rain. Let's go. All right. <coughs> yeah, I see you. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, no, not today. <laughs> All right. Are we ready? As yeah, I'll ever think be. so. Oh, okay. Well, let's do this. Genuinely nervous because I haven't talked about Harry Potter in a long time. I think you'll remember. It's like um, riding a bike. I, I was going to say that. It's I like riding a broom. Oh, <laughs> Catherine. Okay. Here we go. It's 2.53 is correct, right? 2.53, yeah. I sure hope. <laughs> I right, thought you were talking about the time, and I was like, no. <laughs> solid. Okay, here we go. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.